Greetings and welcome back to another ongoing series of Shurim and Daf Yomi. My name is Yitzchak Et Shalom and we are now in Masachet Kiddushin Daf Mem Ter Amud Bet at the Mishnah. It's Mishnah Gimel of Perak Bet. Continue on with various representations of the man in Kiddushin, either about himself or about what he owns. Uh, as uh, as far as what at uh, at what point the kiddush are invalidated if the condition proves to be untrue, so in either direction, if his representation about his personal status is in untrue, natin even if he is in any case uh, somebody who's psule uh, kahal, but whether it's the rabbanon or raita, back and forth. Ben Irvin and Saben Krach, Ben Krach and Saben Ir. Now we're out of the realm of personal status, but rather where he lives. He says he lives in a town, he lives in a metropolis, or vice versa. I'm not sure if Karov the Merchatz, but it's Rachok, Rachok and it's Karov, whether or not his house is near the bathhouse or far away. And we could see why either one of these things would be preferable. Maybe a girl wants to marry a levy, she's not ready to live with a Kohen, she doesn't want to have to care for Truma, or vice versa. Maybe, um, she's willing to marry a Mamzer, but, uh, uh, but uh, Natin, because it's from Shiva Umot, there's all sorts of reasons. Of course, a big city versus a small city is obvious, and being near or farther from the bathhouse is convenience versus uh, ruckus. Uh, and earlier on we analyzed this and said, It may not mean adult, as I translated it here, but rather one who is growing up uh, and therefore is not necessarily going to help her around the house, but is going to sort of compete with her. Almanacha Ainlo Vieshlo. Alright, so it could be interpreted either way. Almanacha Ainlo Banim Vieshlo, or Almanacha Yeshlo Veinlo. Either way, he has sons, so perhaps she'll feel like she doesn't need to produce more sons for him, or the opposite. If he says he doesn't have sons, so she won't feel that if she has sons, there'll be competition. Either way, either case, even if afterwards, and this we're going to pick up on in the Gemara, even if afterwards she says, Nonetheless, I intended to marry him, meaning he says he's a levy and she accepts Kiddushin from him, and turns out he's a Kohen. Even though she says, I didn't mind, uh, and I was going to accept Kiddushin either way, nonetheless, Kiddushin are no good in any of these cases. And the same is true if she misleads him in any of these sort of things. Now, we start with the story. There was a fellow who sold his property, or all his property, intending to make Aliyah. But And when he sold it, he didn't say anything about it. He just sold it. All right? And what the subtext here is that his aliyah didn't work. Therefore, his intent to make aliyah is now dvarim shabalev. It's, it's an unspoken uh, condition. And dvarim shabalev don't count as anything. Therefore, he comes back and says, I wasn't able to make it. I want to buy back my property. I want to renege on the deal. And here's your money back. He cannot force the buyers to sell it back to him. Now, that's Rava's ruling. Manoli the Ravaha, what's Rava's source for this ruling? If it's from the Brita in Torah Kohanim, or the Mishnah, Yakriv Oto, that a Korban, when a person makes, uh, commits to an Adava, he brings the Korban, this teaches us that the Beitin can force him to bring it. Yachol, Baal Korcho, I might think that it's even against his will, Talmud Lomar, Lirtsono, therefore the end of the Pasuk says, Lirtsono, which we're interpreting as a later meaning of Ratzon, which is according to his own free will. HaKetzad, how do you do this? Kofino Tawad Shemar We force him until he not only brings it, but says, I'm bringing it willingly. 
course, it's against his will. For this, see the famous Rambam in Perak Bet of Hilchot Gerushin Al Chachaf Viamai Habali We know that in his heart he wasn't interested because he was protesting and didn't want to bring the carbon. It must be that there's a proof of the principle that whatever he says out loud is what counts. Whatever he really means inside is meaningless. But perhaps that's different because there we know that the guy wants kapara. After all, he said, this is an ola. Then something got in the way. So when we force him to say, he's saying what he really means. That's, again, according to the Rambam. Elami Seifa, must be the Seifa of that Mishnah. The same thing is true about get and, and, uh, and, uh, writ of freeing a slave. Well, we force him, in other words, let's say there's a case of a get where halacha mandates that you have to give a get. Uh, now a get has to be given willingly. So this is the last Mishnah in Gittin. Beitin forces him, and he gives it, and he says he's giving it willingly. Clearly, the guy was dragged into Beitin. Obviously, he didn't want to give the get. It must be because our ruling is and his internal protest, which is quite obvious from the grimace on his face and the fact that he was dragged into Beitin, is meaningless, and uh, the uh, the get is valid. Maybe that's different, because after all, like the Ramam says, this is somebody who wants to fulfill mitzvot, and we know that his real will is to do the right thing, but his Yetzirah got in the way of him. All right, so the reality is that he does want to do this. So we have to take it out of the realm of the commanded, like the korban, or like the get that's directed by the beitin, into the realm of the mundane, and see if in those cases, internal uh, conditions are disregarded. A woman and says, I thought, I made an assumption that she was one way, and it turns out she's a different way. Mikudeshet, the Kiddushin are valid. She didn't, never fooled him. Now these, of course, are all conditions which could have gone either way as far as the, the base assumption. Base assumption is not that a woman's a Kohenet or a Leviah or a Shirar Aniyah. There's the even distribution of all those things. As opposed to the case that we're going to see a little bit later in this podcast when a man is Mikudesh woman and it turns out that she has Mumim. That we, that we should not assume. And she and and uh, fair disclosure indicates that she should full disclosure indicates that she should she should tell us. Why the kedushin valid? After all, he said, uh, "I thought she was a kohenet." So he said, because the reason is we say and therefore the fact that he thought she was a kohenet is meaningless. So that we that Rav Yosef thought that was a good proof why Rava said. In that case of the fellow who went to Israel, that his internal reasoning is disregarded, his internal reason. After all, if you say the Kiddushan are valid, that's a Chumrah. In other words, by disregarding uh, his internal condition, or his internal assumption, he thought she was one thing and another, we're going the Chumrah. So we have to find the Kula. Remember, in the, at the end of our mission, we said, and in all these cases, even if she says, really, I intended to, to accept his Kiddushin, nonetheless, there's no Kiddushin. Uh, after all, she said, I intended to be Mekadish to him. And we say, Kiddushin are no good. 
It's different because since he made an explicit try and said, I'm not a Kohen or whatever, love she doesn't have the power to uproot his try just with her thoughts. In other words, maybe thoughts really are meaningful, but they're not meaningful enough to uproot a verbalized try. He said, something happened once, a case like this happened in the base vendors of Ravchista, Ravuna, and it happened once to Ravchista in the base vendors of Ravuna, and they solved this problem. In other words, two, two situations like this happened with somebody who uh, made a sale and, uh, and then wanted to be an egg on a sale because in his mind, the sale was done for a particular purpose and making Aliyah, whatever, and that purpose didn't come to fruition. You wanted to renege on it, and they solved the fact that we disregard your internal considerations from the following. And this has to do with Mi'ila. And Mi'ila was something we've already dealt with uh, once in this parak. Is uh, has a lot to do with Shlichut. Shaliach, Shemal, if he does it exactly the way the Balabayit says it, uniquely the Balabayit's Chayav. So the fellow says to his shaliach, go bring me some of that hectish money or whatever it is that's on the window. I mean, or from that bag, that satchel. Even though the balabayit says, I really meant something else. Since he brought what the balabayit said, balabayit mal, we say that's a perfect shlichut. After all, the balabayit said, I was thinking about something else. So it proves that we disregard what he had in his heart. And here you can't argue that this is a chumrah, because on the other hand it's a kula, because it gets the shaliach off the hook. Uh, the reason that he that he's saying that is because um, the, the Balabai is saying, I had in mind something else, is he wants to get himself potter. In other words, we don't believe him that what he, that what he had in his heart was something else, because afterwards he realizes it was uh, Me'ila, he says, oh, I intended something else. He's trying to wiggle out of it. Well, if that's the case, then if that's the case, all he would have to say is, I did it intentionally. Me'ila only, you're only chayv Me'ila if you do it unintentionally. You don't know. So the answer is, a person will never admit to that. A person never going to say, I did something with Me'ezid. So that claim can't exist. So therefore we have to roll back and say that um, that uh, when he said, um, um, take it from, that I meant something else, he was really just trying to weasel out of the korban. But if that's the case, then all he would have to say is, I'm a perfectly good guy, and in the middle of the process, I remembered that it was hektish. And what, because after all, the Tanya, if the Balabite sends the shaliach to go use some hektish, and in the middle of the Balabite remembers that it's hektish, or that it's asr, and the shaliach doesn't, shaliach mal, then the shaliach is chayev. So the Balabayit, if he just was trying to wiggle out of it, all he would have to do is say, oh, I, I'm in the middle, I remembered. So clearly when he says, I really intended the other piece of meat or the other coin, he really means it. And we still disregard it because Dvarim Shabalev and Dvarim, and now we finally found a source that we can live with. Now we have two stories that follow on this. Again, a fellow who sold all of his property, intending to make Aliyah, he went, he made Aliyah, but he couldn't find a residence. He couldn't afford a residence, couldn't find a residence. He came back, back to Bavel. Rava called the Salik Adai to the Medarhu. Rava says, when it, and by the way, in this case, the guy said explicitly, I'm selling this in order to make Aliyah. So if he's not successful in making Aliyah, then he can, he can uh, turn around and say that it's a Mecca Chtos, the that tonight wasn't fulfilled, and he can go back. Now, Amarava called the Salika died to the Medarhu. Rava says, anytime somebody says, I'm going to make Aliyah, the intention is to get a residence. 
which means if he wasn't successful, if he wasn't successful in getting a residence, that means that he wasn't able to make Aliyah, and therefore he should be able to buy it back. But Ikadami, there's another version of Rabbi that says, Adata the Mesak, he said, I'm going to make Aliyah. He went up to Israel. The fact that he went to residence is not part of the word of the Mesak, of Lalot, and therefore he cannot renege. So the two versions of Rabbah take us in two opposite directions, but they're very local because they have to do with the meaning of the word Lalot. There was a guy who sold his property on condition of, of making Aliyah. He said Lamesak. In the end, he didn't go. He stayed. Something happened. Something got in the way and he couldn't go. Ravashi said, if he wants to, he could go. In other words, there's nothing holding him back. So he could amri by losalik. There's another version of Ravashi in which he said it rhetorically. What if he doesn't? If he wants to, he can't go. So what's the difference between these two lishanot? It seems the same thing. If he wants to, he can go, or if he wants to, he can't go. So my binayu, he can binayu di itjali unsub orcha, because the first phrasing of Ravashi ibay salik means a person wants to go, he can go, and if it's important enough for him, and there's robbers or there's a river or whatever it is, you pay a little more money and you find some alternate transportation and a way to get there safely. The second version is, if he wants to, he can't go, makes it sound like the roads are clear. So indeed, if there's an onsab if it turns out that there really is some sort of an onus, a bridge is out, or there's, there's highway robbery going on, or whatever, then indeed he would have an excuse to turn around and say, hey, I sold it at that to the Mesach, I can't make Aliyah, because after all, there's an onus I didn't know about, and therefore I should be able to renege. So whether he can renege based on an onus depends on how we read Ravashi's words. Okay, the next Mishnah, Mishnah Dalad, HaOmer L'Shluchot Sevi Kadesh Isha Plonit Makom Plonit. This is a parallel piece that we had in uh, in Gittin. A fellow says, Go be Makadish woman for me in a particular place. And the guy gave her Kiddushan elsewhere. It's no good. But if he says, If he says, You can find her over there, and he finds her elsewhere, gives her Kiddushan, and as we know from Gittin, because that's called Mare Makom. And then in the second case, he's just telling him where she is, but he's not indicating that the Kiddushan have to be there. But in the first case, he's indicating the Kiddushan have to be there. Again, in Gittin, Perak Vav, we have the same thing. Now, our interest is why we needed the first part, the main part of the, of the Mishnah, in both cases of Gittin and Kedushin, indicating that when a dispatcher sends an agent and tells him to do the action in a particular place, anywhere else is invalid for both Gittin and Kedushin. Utsricha. Why? If you told me that rule about Kiddushin in our Mishnah, I would say, After all, he wants to bring her close. He's going to marry her. So, Then I want you to, to give Kiddushin to her over in that place where they like me. And they're not going to start saying bad things about me and poisoning her against me. Where the place you gave her Kiddushin, they don't like me. They're going to start, they said bad things. And that's why I didn't want it, so the Kiddushin are no good. So I understand why his interest is in Kiddushin in a particular place. But when it comes to Gittin, why would he care where he gives her the get? After all, there's no future relationship. If I only had the Mishnah about Gerushin, then I would say, I wanted to be embarrassed in that particular place. Not in that place. When it comes to Kiddushin, what does he care? Get the Kiddushin I'm with and let's move on. So Tzricha, that's why we need the Mishnah in both cases to teach that when the dispatcher says do it in this particular place, he's being makpi that it be done in that place and not just giving an example. Okay, Mishnah 8. 
And this, again, is a Mishnah that we've seen earlier. This one we saw in Ketubot, in the seventh parakel. A man is Makadish woman and makes an explicit tonight that she has no Nadarim writing on her. And it turns out that she really does. In that case, Enemakudeshet. Kinsa Stamet, if he marries her Stam without any statement, Venimtsuala Nadarim, turns out she has Nadarim, Tetsei Shalobi Ketuba, then she gets divorced, and there's no Ketuba, but the, the Kiddushin are valid. Amanachein Alehamumin, same thing. If he says, I'm being Makadish you on condition that you have no disfigurement, Venimtsuuba Mumin, turns out she does. Enemakudeshet. We made the tonight, it's not true. But if you married her without a, a, a condition, turns out there's mumin, then she's again like we had earlier. Why? And then parenthetically, this really is shekol, is a little misleading. It should be vichol, meaning that the rule of mumin is that all mumin that are post the mikohanim, and the list is in Masachet Bechorot, as far as what disfigurements uh, disqualify a Kohen from doing the Avodah, also are they considered the same disfigurements for a woman. Now, of course, there's some that are not going to be the same, um, Kohanim being men, etc., but generally that's the guidelines. Okay, the last bit of, of Gemara that we have is a small comment on this Mishnah. The same Mishnah existing to both. So why isn't both places? The answer is Hacha Kiddushin Here it's because of Kiddushin, about the fact that the Kiddushin are subverted and retracted or invalidated if it turns out that the explicit Tanai is not met. But if it's an assumed uh, condition, then the Kiddushin are valid, but there's a, a, there's a need to forget. So Tanak Tubot, Tatu Kiddushin. Therefore, the Tana mentioned Tubot uh, as a piggyback on Kiddushin. Hatam Ktubot Itzrichalei. In Masachet Ktubot, the purpose was to teach about the Tzei Shalobi Ktubah. Tana Kiddushin Hatu Ktubot. So they mentioned the Kiddushin condition there, that if it was an explicit tithe, the Kiddushin are invalidated as a piggyback on Ktubot. Okay, we'll pick it up at this point. Andaf Nun Amur Aleph at the very bottom in the next podcast. In the meantime, everybody should have a wonderful day.